warning. This podcast features graphic content that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello again, Nightmare Society. Tonight, we're going to tell some peculiar and paranormal true horror stories. I hope you're ready. These are quite creepy. So, let's give a big thanks to the contributors. Anonymous. User ToughNo7566. User LankyPurple. User NavajoJo. Anonymous. And User DarknessAbides. Thanks so much for sharing your stories with us, guys. We appreciate it. I'd also like to thank and welcome our newest members of the online campfire. Megan E., Tasha M., Erica, SMP1123, and Sam's friend Sean's dad's boat. They've been kind enough to jump on our Patreon and support the podcast, and for that, we are very, very grateful. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure to check out patreon.com slash nightmare society. And also make sure to share us with your friends on social media. Leave us a good review. Whatever you can, it all really helps us grow the podcast. And it seems we really do get most of our uh, followers through word of mouth. Now, get comfy and prepare yourself for another episode of The Nightmare Society. ago when I was 18 years old, living in the UK. At about 11pm I was walking home from a friend's house one night, as I've done many times before. I was only 18 years old and had a small apartment in a very rough part of the neighborhood. That's why it unsettled me when I saw two boys standing in my small little lot of grass, which I called my yard. The boys one about 16 years old, the other about 13 or 14, stood with their backs to me. I quietly sneaked around the corner, and as if they knew I was there, both turned around to face me at the same time. As they turned around to face me, I felt just raw fear when I laid eyes on them. I stopped a few yards away from them, digging my hand down in my purse to find a can of pepper spray. I was ready to defend myself if one of them made any sudden movements, but they didn't. They seemed to know what I was thinking. No need for that. We just want to borrow your phone, miss. I was absolutely terrified. They looked like any other teenager around these parts. Hoodie, jeans sneakers but while the older one spoke I looked directly in his eyes they were pitch black no trace of white or pupil at all pure terror gripped me I made a silent gasp 
It was as if I was in terrible danger, that I had to get away immediately. My heart rate skyrocketed. All I knew at that moment was that I had to get inside my apartment. I didn't know exactly what to do, so I marched towards my door, ignoring the kids. I fiddled around quickly in my bag, desperate to find my keys. Please, miss. My mother won't be happy if she knows we are here. The younger one said slowly and eerily. Something pulled at my mind to let them in, to help them. I wanted to allow them in at first, considering that they were young, but seeing their eyes immediately changed my mind. I just had to get away from both of them, and I knew if I obeyed them, I was going to seriously regret it. No. No. I... No. I... I, No. I... I I, I couldn't get my words out. My hands hit my keys and I opened my door and slid in. My heart was banging against my chest. I fixed myself a cup of coffee, sat on the sofa, turned on the television and tried to calm down. I didn't bother to check if they were still there in case I stared into those soulless eyes. A knock sounded at the door. I ignored it. It knocked again. I was gripped with fear. I really felt like I was in serious danger. I got up and crept to the front door. Everything was quiet for a minute. Then three loud knocks. I nearly jumped out of my skin, and I looked through the peephole and almost died. The kids' faces filled the peephole, both of them staring at me with those pitch black eyes. This horrid feeling of dread completely overwhelmed me. Miss, we won't hurt you. We promise. One of the boys said. Suddenly, rage washed over me. I flung open the door and demanded to know what they wanted. They just stood there, grinning at me, and then finally said, We want to use your phone. I semi-screamed no, and they immediately said, Just let us use the phone. Just let us use the phone. We won't hurt you. We have no weapons to hurt you with. I shouted for them to get away from my house, then slammed the door. I looked back through the peephole again and they were still standing there. They had not moved, but they weren't smiling anymore. Cloaked in terror, I ran around my home checking all the doors, all the locks, all the windows, and everything. I called my friend that I had an emergency and to come over quickly. I was afraid to call the police because of the neighborhood. I just didn't want the police at my house. Ten minutes later, my friend got to my place. I opened the door and drug her in, immediately slamming the door. She said two creepy kids were standing in my yard, but they left when she pulled up. For some reason, I still feel them around. I feel sure they still walk the neighborhood trying to get people to let them in. I always check through that peephole before I go to sleep at night. I don't know exactly what they were, 
but I do know they meant me harm and that they weren't human in any way. I still get scared thinking about it. We won't hurt you. sitting on this story for three years, telling some close friends who respond with astonished looks and advise on mental health and think I'm completely insane. I recently joined this thread and I thought this would be a good place to finally put my experience to text and hopefully have some others share their experiences. It's 11.17 in rural New Brunswick, Canada, and I'm getting in my car to head back to Fredericton from my parents' place in the middle of nowhere. I had just finished up a small gig at a local fair, having had a beer or two at the show. So I'm just pulling out of my parents' driveway onto a dim country road going back to the city when I turn my high beams on to see a tall, lanky, completely black figure standing in the ditch on the right side of the road. I mean, this thing must have been eight or nine feet tall, absorbed all light, and had limbs no bigger around than a baguette. As soon as I saw it, it started to run up the ditch and across the road in a very fast, very strange, gliding kind of way. I slammed on the brakes and watched this thing run across the road and into a field on the other side of the road, towards some woods. I'm getting goosebumps writing this, but I could still see its silhouette speeding across the field in my neighbor's yard lights as it went into the black of the night. I stopped to shiver on the road for a moment before speeding up. I had no idea what I had just seen, so I called my mom to tell her I had just saw this tall alien looking creature less than a hundred meters from their home. She and my sister searched online what I had told them and came back with an article on the black stick man phenomena, which exactly fit what I had seen on this normal August night in New Brunswick. This experience really opened my mind to the paranormal, so for that I'm thankful. I was looking over my shoulder for weeks, afraid to go out at night, and I still feel unnerved thinking about it. I haven't seen anything like it since, but I have had some experiences with spirits growing up in what my whole family agrees is a haunted home. So about three years ago, I went camping with my girlfriend, as she had always expressed interest, but never had been. The spot we went to was in the Huron National Forest, 
and my go-to trail slash camp spot as it's hidden deep in the forest and the access trails is close and easy for ATVs, etc. My family has been going to this spot for about six years and my friends that introduced me to it about ten or so years. We went for a weekend trip and I'm glad we didn't go any longer. When we got there everything was going well except we did notice a group of people that were hanging around next to our campsite but they were just stargazing and ended up leaving. Then around midnight is when the weird stuff started to happen. At first it sounded like someone was laughing at us but the laugh never ended and got very high pitched and sounded as it kept going. After a while we both got kind of scared and went into the tent to try and sleep and then that's when the laugh slash noise moved up higher and then started to circle the campsite. After a while of that happening it just suddenly stopped and then started again around 3 a.m. When it started again the fire was going out so I went to stoke the fire with my shotgun in hand and turned on my flashlight to see if maybe I could see any coyotes or something around the campsite. But I didn't see anything or hear any movements below. This went on until 6am and then stopped suddenly and finally we were able to get some rest. After we woke up we checked around the campsite and didn't see anything out of the ordinary so we packed up. Once we were all packed up and good to go I went to start my vehicle and it's completely dead. That really freaked us out as I'm always paranoid about leaving things plugged in that killed the battery and made sure everything was closed properly and unplugged. Yet somehow the battery still died. I was able to get a jump from a AAA. That phone call was hard to explain and the lady who took it didn't believe me but in the end we both left. After that happened I told my friend who had shown me the campsite and also has a cabin in the same forest roughly 25 miles away from the campsite. I told him about what happened and he got really freaked out. He told me about two incidents in which he had one at the campsite and one at his cabin. At the campsite he stated that one night after we had all returned from trail riding and gone to bed, he stayed up to hang out by the fire and have a few drinks. While he was hanging out he was just looking off into the distance and saw a pair of eyes up in the trees looking directly at him. He described them as bioluminescent eyes, and he shone his high-powered flashlight at them, but there was nothing there. And as soon as the flashlight turned off, they were there, looking right back at him again. So he packed up and went right to bed. He didn't tell us because he didn't want to scare us. At the cabin he was hanging out with his brother and they were both just chilling by the fire outside when they both saw a pair of eyes looking at them from a trail that leads into the woods. They stated that at the height the eyes were looking at them, whatever it was, had to be at least seven feet tall or more. They started shooting at it with their two rifles, two 30-30s, and the eyes disappeared but once they were done they reappeared and were closer this time 
At that point, they both freaked out and got back into the cabin, and they didn't leave until daylight. We have no idea what this could have been, but we all feel very scared when these events were happening. After we all talked about it, one of the brothers was thinking it might be a Wendigo. I don't really know what it could be, but I haven't felt that scared since. kid when this happened. My uncle and I were finishing up chopping and gathering firewood for my grandmother because it was getting dark. Driving back on a dirt road at about 30 miles per hour, give or take 5 miles per hour, I had this awful sense of being watched. Before I could turn to look out my window, my uncle quickly shouted, Don't! I completely froze. My heart felt like it was beating out of my chest then completely stopped when I heard a on my window. My uncle sped up and was loudly praying in my native language. I didn't know what was going on and thought it was all over, until our truck suddenly dipped from the bed. My uncle then started saying, Look at me, do not turn away, over and over again. Then I heard it again. But from the window behind me, it was getting harder for me to breathe, and I wanted to cry. A minute or two passed and the truck dipped again. My uncle looked around and sighed. It was quiet besides the truck and the road. He looked at me and said, We'll ask your father to do a prayer in the morning, so the evil will forget our faces. That's the general translation from Navajo to English. I remember curling up on the seat and just staring at the radio watching the time, listening to my uncle sing an old prayer until we got to my grandmother's house. I spoke to my uncle recently because I had had a nightmare about it. We talked about it for a bit and he said, I didn't see faces, just eyes, like brake lights you see on the road. It watched you. Before hanging up, I tried joking with him about it. I said, Why didn't you just step on the brakes when it was in the back? He didn't laugh at all. He just paused and said, Because it wasn't alone. happened to me as a toddler. My family told me about this a few years ago. I was too young to really remember much, but there are some parts of the story I distinctly remember. Anyway, I had a nanny who took care of me. My mom's pregnancy took a toll on her, and she became really sick, so she had to get treatment abroad while my first year was with my dad, sister, and nanny. When she came back, the same nanny was taking care of me. She stayed with us for a few years, up until I was in preschool. 
she and I were really close. Like, really close. I can remember her distinctly, and there are even images in our photo book of me and her. My mom says that I would not refer to her, my mom, as my mother, and I would stay away from her to be with my nanny. Also, my mom's illness made her emotionally really weak at the time, so apparently the nanny would tell me to ignore my mom, and she wouldn't let my sister be around me either. Also, I live in a country where labor is cheap, and having stay-in or full-time helpers is quite common. Anyway, I just remember being attached to her constantly. She kept treating my mom and sister really bad, but they did not have the heart to fire her because of just how attached I was. However, my uncle and his family were in town visiting us, and he got so mad at the way she treated my mom that he fired her on the spot and made her leave the house. I vividly remember crying my eyes out and running after the nanny to the lift of our apartment. My cousins had to pull me back. It was bad. So the crazy part is that after that, my parents found a lemon with pins stuck in it and a phrase written in her native language on this piece of parchment paper in some room of our house. Anyway, we basically found out that she had been going to a shaman or a dark magic priest and casting spells like those so I would forget who my mom was and think that the nanny was my mom in order to kidnap me and keep me as her own. Before you think I'm lying and this is one of those made up posts we see, I live in an Asian country that has a large dark magic culture. It's really covert but everyone knows about it. It's scary to think that if my uncle wasn't here, she would probably have taken me away since she lived at home and slept in my room and I would have been raised in a completely different way. I feel bad because she probably felt like I was her son, but yeah, this was definitely not the way to go. So, strange nanny who performed a ritual in order to kidnap me. Let's not meet. If you want to read on what I'm talking about, just look up Dukun. D-U-K-U-N. That's the translation for shaman. Google it. You'll see what I'm talking about. Tonight was one of the scariest things I've witnessed, and I just don't know how to explain it. It's my second incident with the same thing, but this was far scarier than the first. So the first incident I didn't think much about, because it was April Fool's Day when husband and I were driving home from a friend's ranch. Out of the corner of my eye I saw a flash of white as our lights illuminated something by the side of the road in an adjoining field. It looked like a stark, white, naked man, but he was running on hands and feet like an animal, going very fast and parallel to our car, but the opposite direction. We both saw it and were creeped out, but hell, it's April Fool's Day and we're in the middle of nowhere rural Montana. People get bored and do stupid things and like to take opportunities to spook people. Halloween gets crazy here, so... We figured some guy playing a prank. 
then tonight happened. I went down the road to where the mailboxes for our street are. That's the rural road delivery setup where you have about 20 mailboxes at the end of a long country road. It's about 200 yards from our house, and the moon's out, so I figure I'll walk over and check the mail, see if my husband picked it up. When I get there, I find the neighbor not too far from our front door heading the same way on a walk, so we started talking and she accompanies me to the mailboxes. I take a peek in the box. Nothing. We continue chatting for a few minutes and then suddenly there's barking from several of the neighborhood dogs across from us. One at a time they start furiously snarling and barking, a few of them howling. My neighbor mentions that there must be coyotes roaming around again. Happens all the time. Nothing to worry about. Then one of the dogs starts howling in pain. Almost screaming, kind of. Something's not right, and we look at each other, both thinking the same thing. Time to nope out of there. We started walking back a bit briskly, when she turns to glance over her shoulder for a second and stops. I turned around and see it as well. It looked like a rather skinnyish but stone white man, but not a man, on his feet and hands like an animal. No hair that I could see. The light from my phone got him in the eyes for a second, and they shone for a second like a cat. There was blood down the front of his jaws. It all happened in maybe two or three seconds, very fast. Then he bolted after us, and we ran as well. My neighbor doesn't chain or fence in her dog, as we're animal lovers ourselves and like having the extra protection from him wandering around as well. So she starts yelling out the dog's name, and he comes running out from his spot between our houses. He must have smelled this thing or heard it coming, because he made a beeline past us, growling and snarling like crazy. We reached my husband's woodworking shed first, so we hid in there and I locked the doors and windows while she called the cops. All we could do was wait and hide in the shed while she told the cops to come out. Hearing her dog barking and attacking whatever the thing was. After a couple of minutes she was off the phone and we were hiding behind boxes of stuff away from the windows. I don't know how long we were there before she whispered that the dog wasn't barking anymore. He wasn't making any noises at all. A few moments after that we heard crunching from outside. Something started scratching slow and hard against the front door and part of the wall next to it. I'm not too proud to admit that I pissed myself a little bit and had to throw my hands over my mouth to keep from screaming. She was staring at the door not moving so I know I wasn't overreacting or going hysterical for nothing. It seemed like forever, but eventually we saw the lights from the cops coming up along the road, and the scratching stopped. Whenever it was, ran off, because we heard the noise of leaves crunching hard and fast away from the door. She was the brave one with the guts to peek out the window to wave at the cops when they got close enough. When they got near, we ran out to the cop cars and told them we saw some kind of man who chased us. She pointed out in the direction he had gone and ran back, mentioned the sounds of the dogs in the opposite neighborhoods a few yards away from the mailboxes, and said how her dog came to help us and we hid in the shed. 
The cop taking our statement said that someone else had called a few minutes before she did and said there was a wolf or something in their backyard that killed some chickens and their dog and the neighbor down from her saw this thing too. The other cop found my neighbor's dog laying on the ground with what looks like deep claw wounds. As he was helping to bundle up the dog to let the vet come out to pick him up, he mentioned how it looked almost like a bear attack. But what we were describing was not a bear. So here I'll give a description of both what the neighbor down from the owner of the dead dog described and what we saw. The neighbor said it looked like a stark white naked man, quite tall, wearing the skin of a bear or bison, brown, furred, and head attached. Blood coming from his mouth and the front of his chest, very long arms. She caught him crouching over the dog, turned on the back porch light, and he stood, stunned for a few seconds before running off. What we saw was a pale white man without hair, naked and with long arms. Eyes glowed like a cat for a split second in my flash of light. Reddish glow, skinny. When he started running after us, it wasn't awkward like a guy trying to run on his hands and feet. It was like a person, but not a person, on his hands and feet, but very much in control of his movements like an animal. This isn't the first time this kind of thing has happened. It's not the first time I've heard of odd things. Montana is one of those kinds of places where many odd and unexplainable things live and happen. We're mostly a mix of huge forest land, mountains, and open plains. Lots of spaces for things you don't normally expect to see can hide around here. But it's the first time something odd has come after me in the dark. It's been a couple of hours and I'm still shaking. We're definitely not the only ones seeing these things. Don't forget to share the podcast with your like-minded friends and family. Head over to Instagram and follow us at Nightmare Society Radio. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast as well as our YouTube channel. And if you like what you hear and you're able to leave a review, please do that as well. We very, very much appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time. Sweet dreams.